Hi there, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast, where we talk about parenting things, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. I am your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I am so thankful you are listening. Really, thank you for listening. I really hope you walk away from this episode inspired and encouraged. I did. Oh my goodness. It was such a great conversation. So a few weeks ago, I asked some friends about what resources help them pray. And multiple people said these prayer journals. So I went online and did a deep dive on these prayer journals and the person that felt compelled to make them. Her name is Valerie, and she and the prayer journal she creates is awesome. She's a mom of two girls, a creative entrepreneur, a make-it-happen kind of person. You're just going to love her story, the things that matter to her, and the choices she makes. So here's our conversation. Tell me about what compelled you to create a prayer journal. I just want to hear about that part of your story. I feel like my journey starts so far before that, but I graduated from journalism, thought I would work in a magazine, Uh ended up working at our local newspaper. And when I had a couple of friends getting married, so I ended up starting a wedding planning business, literally watched JLo in the wedding planner. And I thought I could do this. It's just so funny now. Cause like, it's, it's totally different than that. Yeah. But, um, we, we didn't have any wedding planners in town who had websites. So I was like, girls, my age are going online. So I'm going to start this. And it was actually pretty successful for like five years. I, I used the journalism skills of like laying out a newspaper to create wedding invitations. So I decided to sell the wedding planning business, just focus on the wedding invitations. And um, when we decided to start a family and whenever I did get pregnant, I just was so overwhelmed uh-huh. by my own feelings and symptoms and everything. Uh-huh. I wanted a place to organize my prayers. And I really thought it just had to exist already. So I searched online on Google for two months. And um, honestly, after I got out of that first trimester, of just feeling so sick. And I actually Mm -hmm. get depression in my first trimester. Mm. So once that passed, talking to my printer, he was like, I can print this for you. Like if you can't find it, but he had to print 50 of them. So I wasn't trying to start a business with it. It really was just wanting one for myself and thinking, I literally was like, if I could just sell enough to cover my costs, like I don't need to sell 50 of them, but if I could just sell enough to cover my costs, this will be worth it. I think that first go around, um, we, we made pictures with a photographer friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, about five days, not five, it was probably a week before my daughter was born. And then, um, two weeks after she was born, we shipped out like a hundred journals. It was crazy. No. And, um, yeah. How, what did that feel then, like having a newborn? It's like, so that's oh, an overwhelming yeah. time already. Yes. So she, she was a really good baby. Uh-huh. Like I have a picture of her laying on my lap, sh- sh- like creating the labels and everything. And she's crying in the picture, which I try not to show that too much because yeah. I look like a bad mom taking a picture of her crying, but she was a good baby. But I'm also the type of mom who after two weeks of, after my second daughter was born, I was like crying in my laundry room, just saying like, I just want to do some creative work. So I, I think I have just a different mentality than some other moms. So like, I was like, I needed that creative energy yes. to like energize me. Yes. But, um, but no, I think I was just so 
hopped up on this feeling of like, this is so cool. Other people want what I really thought I was the only person who needed it, you know? And I think even then I still didn't think that this was going to be a big part of my business and take over the invitations. I'll sell around to like my friends and this will be great. And then, you know, but now it's like, we have repeat customers who buy, like, I was just looking at our shop and like seeing somebody they've been to our shop four times in the last month, you know, and it's just crazy. So it was totally unexpected, even after we had that big unexpected launch. Yeah. So how many years ago was that? That was eight years ago, okay. a little over eight. My daughter it turned eight in October. Yeah. So we were, it was in September of 2013. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I just think that is so cool the way God put something in your heart and then like mm-hmm. set up all the things to make it available to other people. You know? Yeah. And, and it's funny, like reading my journal, I, that year I was so overwhelmed with trying to make money through the invitations and mm-hmm. so discouraged because I wasn't selling as much as I should be. Like I literally was like, if I'm going to, I sold my other business and was able to, that was able to supplement me for a little while. And then you just see my journal, which is like, okay, it's running out. Like, what am I going to do? And all this while God had like a totally different plan. And it's just, it's always encouraging because if somebody's in that spot of just feeling like, Lord, I'm like trying to see what you're doing Mm -hmm. here and it does not make sense. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, just a really good reminder of that. Well, which is like the, one of the benefits of having a prayer journal. It's like, we are so quick to forget God's faithfulness and what he does. And then you're like, oh, I felt so discouraged there. And he had a plan, you know? Yes. Yeah. It helps you in the future moments where you feel like that. You're like, he was working then. I can trust that he's working now. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what do you think holds us back from having a thriving prayer life? There are lots of different things. Like over the last eight years, I've just been able to talk to so many people. And, um, and that was the book, the book that I wrote last year, pray confidently and consistently. We talk about 15 different weights and things that are holding us back because they can be different for all of us. But just a couple of the really basic ones that we hear a lot of are our expectations of God. Like if we don't know who God is, and if we don't understand that he loves us, that he responds to us, that he is capable, all these things, if we, if one of them doesn't exist in our mind, then we will pray differently. Like if we think he loves us, Mm. but he's not capable, then why are we going to ask him? We're going to know like, Oh God, you would do this, but you can't do this. (gasps) Or if we know that he's capable, but he doesn't love us, we're not going to pray to him because we're going to feel like it's a waste of time. Like, I know you're powerful, but you don't care what I think. Mm, Yeah. So all of these things affect how we pray. That's the number one chapter that we start with because it's just so foundational. But we talk about weights of just feeling like you have to get it right, that you have to come to God in yeah. a certain way. Yeah. That we do all the talking, that we forget to listen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's there's 15 of them. I can't even think of all of them right now. Yeah. But, um, there's a lot. There's a lot that, that hold us back. And I, th- I think a lot of people are going to find a few that are their biggest things, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, it, it's honestly pretty, it was easy to boil it down to some extent because I don't want to say there's not an infinity list of it, but there is, you know, there's a, a basic right. thing that, that most people struggle with. Right. And, and just different people's personalities and what makes it difficult for them. Yeah. When you were pregnant and you need, you felt like you needed, like 
you needed this journal to write it all down. Why do you think that was? Like, why why do you think it helped you to have, like, I need something to write this all down? This always sounds so funny, but like I had tried to write in just like a blank journal mm-hmm. for a couple of months. It was just a moleskin notebook. And I couldn't in my brain, like, like I, I'm a very structured and organized person. Mm-hmm. And so like, for me, it was like, okay, I have stuff on this list. That's like, Oh, pray for so-and-so's test or, and then other things that were like ongoing, like somebody trying to conceive or different things. And it felt very hard to figure out at what point do you start a new page? At what point do you like it? All of these things were mixed in and mm. it just felt like, I could never gain any momentum with it because it was kind of like, well, half of this stuff doesn't even apply today. So, hmm. so going to that page just felt weird. And I know like not everybody's going to understand that, but like, if you, if you appreciate organization or if like your brain needs to like kind of compartmentalize things yeah, to be able to have something to where you're like, okay, I write out prayers once a month. I don't do it every day. That's too much. Uh-huh. You know, like that, that can be overwhelming. Like you're going to be writing the same things a lot, or, you know, you're going to be using time where you could actually be praying to just write everything out. But, but it's like, you, so you need some sort of time frame, and the month just worked really well because it gave me room to really cover things in prayer. And then to just start a new month and say, okay, is this all like what on here can transfer over what all is new? And then you have this new list that you can work from. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. How have mm-hmm. you, how have you personally felt like, cause you've been a mom for eight years, you know, how have you seen mm-hmm. prayer allow you to be the mom that God wants you to be? The biggest thing is just feeling, and it's so funny. I was talking to another mom in our neighborhood the other day and she's like, okay, wait, so you're not perfect. <laughs> and it's just so funny. Cause you're just like, oh my gosh, if only you knew how many times I'm just like, I do not know what I'm doing, but being able to pray about things and to know like James and James, I think it's 122, maybe um, those who seek wisdom, ask for wisdom, mm-hmm. God is faithful to give that. And for me, prayer, a lot of times has just been this place of Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trusting that you are a part that, that, that I'm not doing this alone and that I'm seeking you. I am seeking your will instead of my own. And it just puts me in a posture of like inviting God into this um, and being open to his wisdom. And I don't know, I, I think about that a lot. I also think about those moments where I'm like, I had a moment like this, helping my girls clean up their room yesterday where they were just like complaining about, I'm like, this is your stuff. Like you guys cannot complain about taking care of your stuff, you know, (laughs) at some point. And I'm standing in their closet and I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, help me to have patience. Like I need patience right now. And I was praying out loud. They probably heard me when they came back in the room, but you know, it's like, I, I need, I need the Lord in those moments Mm -hmm. because I cannot do it in my own. Yeah. Well, I like that it, it's, both for you. Like there's a structured, like there are times where I like to sit down and have like a structured plan, but then there are also times where your prayer life is more like I'm in a closet needing to Mm -hmm. just like, you know, that it's both things. Um, yeah. And And honestly, a lot of times I like, I feel like the more I have established that morning time or the consistency with my journal, 
the easier it has been to learn to pray in other moments. Like I don't use my journal probably as much as people think because I have used, it has created such a habit in me to pray that I more naturally pray throughout my day. So the best compliment we could get from somebody is them saying like, I actually don't use my journal that much anymore because I pray. So, you know, like that we want that for people. Yes. The more you do something, the easier it gets, right? Or like the more natural it is. And sometimes people need a very uh, defined plan to get jump started. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. And a lot, a lot of it, like if, uh, if someone's like, okay, what's your, the biggest piece of advice you'd have for somebody? I always say it's, it's not waiting for like the moment to strike to pray and to really consistently commit to praying Mm -hmm. consistently Mm -hmm. and knowing that like, if this is, if, if I start praying, if I pray for 10 minutes a day and I don't feel a thing, I'm going to continue to this habit and continue to grow it because it's not going to feel immediate. And a lot of times if we're waiting for that, it's not going to come. So I think for, for us, the journal is that way of create this consistent habit. And then you're going to start experiencing that. It's going to be more natural. Right. Um, but we, we need that habit to have those moments that feel spontaneous, you know? Right. Right. And if you're someone that doesn't pray or it feels very unnatural, it's okay. It's not, this is a, this is a Mm -hmm. skill that you can develop over time. Like it's not that you're never going to have a thriving prayer life. You can, you can, and God wants that for you, you know? Um, Oh, that's good. Okay. I, I saw on your website that you care a lot about margin and rest, which I absolutely Mm -hmm. love. I love this. So tell, just, you know, give me a few things of what that looks like for you being a mom of two little girls, margin and rest and being a mom of, I mean, that's a busy life. So how do you make sure yeah. that you have margin and rest? Yeah. Um, one of the most practical things that we do is we don't plan a lot of like activities in our week that are like a commitment, like for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, like both my girls do dance and it's been really cool. We, we have maybe like two years ago, one of my oldest daughter, her class was going to be really late at night and the other one was going to be on a different day. Yes. And I ended up just asking her, the teacher, I was like, Hey, she's really close to this day. Her birthday is, you know, close enough to where she could be in the older class. Could she do that? And they said, yes. And so their classes were at the same time. Like that yeah. was a way, I think like, that's one of those things where we would feel like, Oh, I can't ask. We just have to go with the flow of whatever's happening uh-huh. and, and then just say yes to anything. And we can, it takes work to protect that, but we can do that. And then this year, my youngest daughter was going to be in that really late class. And we decided, okay, would you girls be okay just doing hip hop this year, which was just 30 minutes, one day a week. And they both love it. They're so excited. And, uh, it's just, it, it was one of those things where you decide it and you're just like, I, I'm just glad that we did not um, allow other things to decide for us because we also, my husband is, um, has, has volunteered to be the youth pastor at our church. Uh It's been like eight months now and it's a big commitment, but it's something that we're able to say yes to because other things are not overflowing our, our life. And 
I don't know. There, there's been a lot of, I feel like that is a big thing for us, like our schedule and just not piling too much in. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because mm-hmm. you do see other kids and you see, okay, well, they're doing instruments. They're doing all these other things. They're, you know, like there's so much more that our kids could be doing right now. I and know. If, if that, if we let that pressure convince us to do it, it would just be really easy. But I think we're so protective of our margin that we've been able to say no, but it's still not easy. Like it still makes me feel like, Oh man, should they be learning? Like if they don't start softball soon, they'll, they're going to be so behind, you know, know. they're like eight and five, but I know, I know we, we love our life. We love, we have a neighborhood where we can just walk around. We can go to the pool. We can go to the lake. We can, um, enjoy, just impromptu conversations and life with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I really just feel like I, that's more important to us right now in this season than um, too many formal, formal yeses. Yeah. For days. Yeah. I think about, you know, when you, when you are making those decisions, cause I mean, it's, it's just natural to be like, do they want to be on the softball team? Do they want to be, do they want to do this? Do, you know, and as a parent, when you're filtering through those decisions, um, I, it's like the voice that you need to listen to is not the voice of they're going to be behind if they don't do this or they're going to be left yeah. out. Right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. What would be right for your family might be different than, I mean, those voices. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just think it's hard to filter those sometimes in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's almost the busier you are, the less time you have to reflect on what, yes, should I, you know, (laughs) like, so yeah, no, that's true. Um, then you say yes, just cause yeah. And, and I've always heard, I've heard that, um, there's a a phrase called moral laziness uh Uh-huh. is, is it's, and, and that's basically what busyness is like the busier we are, it's more like a laziness to make decisions. Um, so like, instead of making a, uh, instead of like taking the time to really think through a decision, Mm -hmm. we just say yes. Uh because And and it basically the definition is like, this is a form of laziness that we can have, which seems crazy to think about. Cause if you're busy, you're definitely not lazy, Mm -hmm. but it, it is the place where if we put in the time and effort to really decide if this is right for us, mm-hmm. we would actually have more of that, that margin. Yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. Like don't be lazy in the way you make decisions, be thoughtful about it. And yeah, that's really good. Yeah. How do you personally, like you own this business that is growing and <laughs> like, how do you personally rest? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, so I'm an introvert, so it's very uh-huh. easy for me to prioritize rest. Like I know a lot of high capacity moms who they can do so much and I just kind of burn out quick in my body. My bo- I feel it in my body. I feel it in my emotions. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get angrier with people. I'll get more annoyed with little things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those as, as frustrating as I get that I, I can't handle more. I do appreciate that those things let me know whenever I need a rest. Like yeah. they're, they're basically like alerts going off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, like having those alerts kind of forces me to rest and I've had health issues that are from stress. So oh, like for yeah. me, it's like, 
I have to take care of my, if, if I start to get a pain in my stomach, I know it's literally like stress and overwhelm coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I also, yeah, just being the introvert that I am, I love to read. I love to like, just relax in that way. So I think that helps like just it being a personality thing. But I think um, if we could listen to our bodies more, which sounds so silly. No, no, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. 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 If we would respond to that and not just like ignore it or push it aside, like, uh, like, Oh no, I should be able to do this. If we would listen, I think we would, it would kind of force us to rest more. Yep. Well, God has given us bodies with limitations for a reason. Yeah. And so if we just try to keep running and running and running and don't listen to all the things that our physical is saying, then we're not being a good steward of our bodies, you know? Yeah. Um, but I t- definitely want, I will just try to keep pushing and pushing and, and it's not healthy, and, but everything I'm an introvert to everything that resonates so much with me. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. What, <laughs> what kind of books do you read or do you not want to like, Oh gosh, no, I, I have a good reads. So in, uh-huh. and I also share, I have a monthly newsletter okay. and I share in there every time what I'm currently reading. Okay. Um, I read, I read a lot of, um, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I, it's actually mostly nonfiction, um, Christian, um, stuff about business, stuff about family, stuff about, you know, um, not self-help necessarily, but, but yeah, like habits and uh-huh. just growing things. Yeah. Okay, I need to sign up for that newsletter or follow your Goodreads. Yeah. I do. I have Goodreads too. Yeah. Um, okay, tell me about how you set goals and then go about working towards them. Yeah. Um, so have you heard of the power sheets with Laura, Laura Casey? It's a shop called Cultivate. Yes, and, yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I have been knowing Laura since she did wedding planning. I actually in, – um, asked or emailed about interning for her uh-huh. whenever she was doing wedding planning. Cause I was doing wedding planning at the time. And so we actually are, um, good friends now yeah. or like we, it's just grown over the years. So it's so crazy to see how that business has grown from this, you know, idea. Uh, but I use the power sheets and I use, um, it basically the way the system is, it's, it's honestly similar to the prayer journal and that it's like a monthly format. Like mm-hmm. you, you think, of goals for the year, but then you also break it down into the month. And, um, this year I'm actually doing something with the 12 week year, which is a book by somebody that kind of breaks down and I'm actually not following it exactly, but this year it was more about the habits that I wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. there's no, there's goals, but within that, it's more about doing something repeated, uh, repetitively. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, over time. So I just kind of track it by the week and it's like this Excel spreadsheet. And, um, I track several habits that I want to do that is going to help me get to my goals by the end of the year. Yeah, that is cool. Okay. I'm going to put those all in the show notes and I'm going to look into it myself. (laughs) So it sounds like you're like pretty structured about like writing it down, tracking it every week and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you have a rhythm for when like, like every Friday I check in with my goals or what does that look like? Um, yeah, it, I, so this Excel spreadsheet kind of just stays up on my computer. Uh-huh. So I'll like put in things like if it's habits, um, 
but every Friday I have that, like my girl, their school is shorter on that day. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like my planning and finance day. And I basically just kind of go through what happened that week, what didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go reference the monthly goals that I have uh-huh. just to see what to do for the next week. But yeah, that planning happens on Friday and it's not perfect by any means. Like right. there's a lot of times where I miss that. And so as good as like all of these systems are, I know that um, it you don't even have to use it perfectly to gain a lot out of it. Right. Like, even for our journals, like we've heard people say, like I could skip two months and like use it certain times, and it's still it still works. I don't say it still works because work sounds funny, but yeah, I, I, I don't want anybody thinking that I do something the same every single week because that's <laughs> I, I do not. <laughs> like there's grace <laughs> in there. Yeah, some structure. Yes, and yeah. you you still see progress even if you're not doing it every week. And yeah, and I yeah. don't you think that one of the problems is is if you miss if you missed one Friday check in or whatever, don't just throw up your hands and give it all up. Like, yeah, do it the next yeah. Friday, and progress will happen. But it, the problem is, mm-hmm. is when we have one, you know, misstep, it's like oh, I can't do this. Well, you can just yeah. step back, you know. Um, no, we. We actually posted on our Instagram, our business Instagram the other day. And it was literally like, if you have failed with our journals for a while, because the success stories that we're hearing are from people who say, I tried this for a couple of months and then I put it away. And then like, for some reason they brought it back and it, and they, and it worked. And Mm. it just made us think that this, of this very thing that like the difference between people who succeed at something and fail is not whether they fail. And we've heard that like they, it's the people who get back up, but uh-huh. it really is true. Yes. Like if you just keep, if you don't let that failure stop you from trying again, uh-huh. you will be one of those who find success with it because you're, you're going to um, just keep going with it. Right. Yeah. Right. And not let it stop. Um, oh, that's so good. That is so good. All of it. Is, okay. What's the best parenting wisdom you have received? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. You know, I I feel like I did not get a lot of parenting advice mm-hmm. except or what, what I remember. Like, I'm a naturally, like, melancholy person, mm-hmm. personality. So, like, it's very easy for me to just, like, latch on to the negative. So, mm-hmm. like, when we were pregnant, I remember just feeling very overwhelmed by everybody saying like, Oh, just wait. Like it's good. Like just talk about all the hard stuff. Yeah. So that's what stuck out to me. Yeah. And I, I, I actually wrote a book called grumpy mom takes a holiday. And it's all about how like the world sees these stereotypes in us and that that's not our story. Like our life yeah. is so much different. And it was honestly me having to hold on to hope because if motherhood was what the world said it was going to be, I was going to be like depressed constantly. And, um, I don't, I, I feel bad. Like I, that I I can't think of like a specific parenting. No, no wisdom that I've heard. But I think for me, that's what stuck out was just all the negative stuff. And it scared me. Yes. And, um, and it, uh, and, and it also lit a fire in me that that was not going to be how I did motherhood. It wasn't going to be how I talked about motherhood. And not that you like, like, I think our culture swings in different directions, like in the fifties and sixties or whatever, like older cultures, um, they made it look, everything was perfect Mm -hmm. and easy. Like we have a friend, me and my sister have a friend who's like maybe 10 or 15 years older than us. 
she didn't know that you didn't sleep at night for the first couple of months or years <laughs> right. with a baby. Yeah. She did not know that that was a thing. Is that like, that seems crazy I to know. think about because that's all moms talk about now. Yeah. So it's almost like we keep swinging in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So like maybe like in an effort to be like really honest and vulnerable, all we talk about is the negative. And yes. I don't think the answer is to never talk about that. I think it's just balancing that in a really honest way. That's like, yeah, you know what? I didn't sleep much last night, but like I got to snuggle my, like the yes. joys of it. And yes. then also the joy that we have in the Lord, like no matter how hard our seasons are, we still have hope in the Lord that, and the world cannot take that away. Right. So, that is not so good. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um. Can I ask you a question about the books you're writing books? Yeah. Um, yeah. When, what's your process for doing that? Do you, are you like, I write on these days or what, what's your process for that? Yeah. So, so I have written four or five books now and they all look a little bit different. Uh Like the first time I wrote a book, I had this idea and it was, we self-published it. So we literally got it. I wrote it in six weeks oh and gosh. I had one daughter at the time. Yes. And she was taking great naps uh-huh. and going to mother's day out. I wrote any moment I could, like I would write my husband, we'd put her down to sleep and then I would write for two hours at night or mm-hmm. I would write during the day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, through one, two books that I had were written during COVID and my husband was home because he works from home too. But yeah. I mean, we were all home and I remember him we split our days. Um, like I had a lot more work time than him. Um, but cause he knew I had to get this book out. And so it looked like writing for five hours a day. I wrote so much in that time frame, And, and it was like, I would wake up, I'd go start, you know, after my quiet time, I'd have work time till like 12 or noon uh-huh. and then 12 or noon, the same thing. Yeah. 12 or one. Yeah. And then, and then it would be his shift to work. But I remember thinking I got more writing done during COVID than I did Uh if they were at school, just because of the way the hours fell or because I was more focused. I don't know, but they've all been very different. Um, just honestly, based on the seasons of life that we're in and you know, what's going on with our family. Right. But I know for another one, I was writing, I guess, grumpy mom, I was going to the coffee shop two days a week at like seven in the morning and my husband would bring the girls to school. So I would get basically four extra hours a week Yeah, to write. Yeah. And that was like a way that I was able to stay on top of my business and write too. And the writing, would you just like get an idea in your head and be like, I think God wants me to get this on paper. Is that how you would be inspired to do it or? You, so like the, oh, not for like, the, well, I, I won't say not for the day, um, but the overall outline always came in a very like cool, like I would just wake up one morning and it would just flow out, uh-huh. which was that that's, and that's why I think I get so excited about these projects is because they just feel very much like, um, like the book on prayer. I had a friend, um, I don't know if you know Gretchen Sapples with well-watered women, but, um, mm-hmm. she is, she, she actually has a similar business to my, she does, um, Bible study instead of prayer okay. journals. Yeah. So we, we became friends pretty soon after we both started our businesses. And, um, and she was just like, Val, you need to write a book on prayer. And it like, I really didn't think I should, because 
I'm not, I don't have a degree. I don't have a seminary degree. I'm not Tim Keller. Like there's tons of books (laughs) on prayer. And she basically was like, you, you know, people need a book that's very accessible. And maybe if they're intimidated to read a book by Tim Keller on prayer, they can read yours. And anyway, that planted a seed and I didn't have the idea for the book. So it was kind of like one of those things where you're like, okay, yeah, that's, I'm glad to hear that. But then one day the idea hit and it was just like game on. And um, so the ideas do come like Mm -hmm. that. And then you create this structure and the chapters and different things like that. And then I would always kind of, because I'm such a um, organized, like I need to see stuff like that. I would basically have like a note card that would have like, okay, what's the main theme of this, the main story Mm -hmm. I'm going to share in the chapter, the main points, and then the main verses that I'm going to use. And once you kind of flesh that out, um, the writing daily is fairly easy. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect, but I would also spend every single time I would write, I'd spend time praying before and just saying, Lord, empty me of my own words, fill me up with yours. If there's something that I'm writing here, that's not what you want me to say, like, have an editor just completely cut it out, you know? Yes. And, yes. um, and that was, that's all part of the process, but it was, I love, I genuinely love the, the process of writing. Cause it always feels like such a worshipful thing. Yeah. Um, like I'll, I'll go home and just tell my husband like, Oh, such a good writing session today. Cause there's things that will come to you that a Bible verse for a chapter. And you're just like, I did not know that an hour ago. Like, I didn't think about that an hour ago. So you know it's the Lord giving ideas. One of my big takeaways from this is the idea that if you miss a day, a week, or even a few months of something you have set out to do, don't just totally throw in the towel. Don't let failure win. I really do think getting up and trying again after you have failed might be harder than even starting to begin with. I don't know. I wonder if there's some research about that or something. I just think it takes a lot of courage. Like, okay, I've sort of failed this once and I'm going to get up and do it all over again. That takes a lot of courage to do that. Yet I think this is a big part of our human experience. Things like, well, I've already eaten unhealthy today. I might as well keep it going. I miss my workout one day. I might as well take it easy the rest of the week or the rest of the year. (laughs) I'm 10 days behind on my Bible reading plan. I'll just give up on this altogether. Now, by the way, I've got to tell you all, I am currently looking at my Bible study that I'm two weeks behind on and a gratitude journal that I set out to do weekly and I have not written in since January 31st. Like I just checked, January 31st, (laughs) and it's March. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just what we do, what we do. Like we set out to do something, and then a day, two days, a week goes by, and we don't, we just give up. So let's be brave here. Let's do the courageous thing. Let's go back. Let's look at that list of goals or things we set out to do in January, and let's get back on it. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. We can do this. Um, In the show notes, I'm going to link all of the books that she mentioned and her website and where you can buy her incredible prayer journal. I hope it inspires you. I hope it helps you be the person that you are meant to be. 
Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. I am so thankful for you guys, and I will talk to you next time.